Hello, this is Pastor Sam Velez, and I'm so glad that you're joining us for our service. We hope you enjoy this message today, that it blesses your life and your families. We love you. We've been talking about the authority as, as Christians. I don't know if you know this, but God has given us an authority to walk into, an authority to walk and come against whatever the enemy has, has going against us. It's an authority that we carry as a believer. God has given us authority. And I, and I put, you know, some pictures here. And when I first started the scene, the series, I, I, there's pictures of different men that, that I look up to that carried an authority in their life to overcome the enemy. We have T.L. Osborne, Bishop David Oyodepo, Lester Sumrall, Oral Roberts on the very top, Yonggi Cho, who, who went to the Lord as well from Seoul, Korea, South Korea. All of these men are examples of men that said, God, we're putting our trust in you. We're going to walk with authority. We're going to walk with authority. And so my prayer is that, that after today and, and for the rest of your life, that she would walk with an authority. That she wouldn't be overwhelmed with what's happening out there. That she wouldn't be overwhelmed with what the enemy's trying to do. No, no. That you would walk with authority in every place that you go. In every place that you go. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go to Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to be in verses 10 through 12. Ephesians 6, 10 through 12 says this. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all God's, of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly realms. Now, we're going to be in a passage that I'm really going to stay at. If you have your Bibles, I want you to, to Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9, we're going to be in verses 14 through 29. Mark 9, 14 through 29 says this. When they returned to the, to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd surrounding them. And some teachers of the religious law were arguing with them. When the crowd saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with awe and they ran to greet him. What is all this arguing about? Jesus asked. One of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, teacher, I brought my son so you could heal him. He is possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And whenever this spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. Then he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. Jesus said to them, you faithless people. How long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So when they brought the boy, so they brought the boy. When the the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion and he fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy. The spirit often throws him into the fire, into the water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. What do you mean, if I can, Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. One more time. Anything is possible if a person believes. How many of y'all agree with that? Amen. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the crowd of onlookers was growing, he rebuked the evil spirit 
Listen, you spirit that makes his boy unable to hear and speak. He said, I command you to come out of this child and never enter him again. Then the spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and left him. The boy appeared to be dead. A murmur ran through the crowd as people said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and helped him to his feet and he stood up. Afterward, when Jesus was alone in the house with his disciples, they asked him, why couldn't we cast out that evil spirit? Jesus replied, this kind can only be cast, can be cast only out by prayer. Only out by prayer. So as we see this passage, we, we understand just before this, Jesus was coming down from the Mount of Transfiguration. It was a moment with Peter, James, and John where Jesus reveals him full self. And as they're coming back down from that mountaintop, they're faced with the issue. This man has a problem with his son. His son is demon-possessed. And he's going to the disciples, but the disciples can't do it. And so obviously, there's a crowd. The the religious people are there to, to comment and to criticize. And we find ourselves in this passage where Jesus is confronting the issue. I want to read to you something. When they bring him and they're all like, and the man is desperate. He says, your disciples couldn't do it. And he responds by this. He says, you faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. I like the NIV version that says, you unbelieving generation. It says, you unbelieving generation. And so that's why the title of my message is simply a generational authority. A generational authority. You have to understand, church, that as we are walking in authority, our authority doesn't just stop with us. It continues through our children. It continues to our family members. It continues through our nieces and nephews. They, we have to understand that it is an authority that's supposed to be passed on from generation to generation. We can't, church, settle for anything less. We can't. We did that. For many, many years, we've done that, and we've watched our nation crumble. We've watched our nation crumble through government, through ideologies, through culture. We've stepped back because we wanted to be sensitive. We've stepped back because we didn't want to be hard. We stepped back because we wanted to keep our mouth shut, and we wanted to be seeker-sensitive. And the problem with that is that it created weak Christians. It created people that can't get over the enemy. It created people that are still addicted to this day. And God's intention for your life is for you to be free. God's, I'm going to say it God's intention for your life is for you to be free. Not to be bound, not to be addicted, not to be depressed, not to be addicted to pills because you can't get over it. No, no, no. God has called and created me and you to be free, to walk in dominion. We have, we are created in the image of God. And because we're created in the image of God. We are called so to walk in authority. Jesus, you could tell that Jesus is frustrated. He's like, man, you unbelieving generation, how long do I have to be here? It wasn't that Jesus didn't want to be with the people. It wasn't that Jesus didn't want to to provide for their needs. No, no, no. He's upset because he's like, you have me. You you believe in me. I've shown you what I can do. But your lack of faith is what's bringing the problem. Your lack of belief in me. And I think sometimes when we're faced with situations, we can be like this man. Maybe you're not dealing with a possessed child, but you've got issues at home. Wives, husbands, 
You got problems. And it's not because they're possessed. Husbands, if, if you wake up next morning, your wife's voice is deeper. It's not because she's demon possessed. Give her some time. It's the morning. All right? But we are dealing with battles. Paul said it best. He said we are fighting against, we're not battling against flesh and blood, but against spiritual principalities, against spiritual forces, things that are outside of just human nature. That's what we're battling with. That's what we're battling. And Jesus, this whole concept, he's trying to get the people, he's, he's dealing with the root of the problem. And the root of the problem is unbelief. We can't walk in authority while carrying unbelief. The man was, the man said, he said, Jesus, I believe in you. Help me overcome my unbelief. And maybe you're in this room and maybe you're in that same boat. I believe in God, but man, Lord, help me overcome my unbelief. Help me to stop doubting. Help me to stop thinking that it's not going to work. That it's not going to happen. Things aren't going to change. No, no, Lord, help me overcome my unbelief. Because unbelief is really, really the root of all our problems sometimes. Because unbelief leads to doubt and doubt leads to defeat. And then we're wondering, God, why, why am I struggling? Why doesn't this go? Why, what? No, because maybe there's a lack of belief in your life. And that is why things aren't changing. Because Jesus is saying, I want you to fully trust me. I don't just want you to trust me on a Sunday. No, no. I want you to fully trust me. But pastor, I don't see you. No, no. I want you to fully trust me. So if we're going to walk with a generational authority, we have to understand we have to learn that there's a power of demons, a power to destroy, and a power to denounce. Those are three points I'm going to talk today. Power of demons, a power to destroy, a power to denounce. Now, are demons real? Yes. I, I, I'm not, you know, I, I, I forget that we're in October and it's Halloween season. I didn't bring this up because it's Halloween season or back then the young people used to call it spooky season. I don't even know that's even a word anymore. I feel very old sometimes when I have to ask them, what, what's the word today? Like, what do they people say? But, but they're dealing with a demonic issue. The boy is, is demon possessed. And whether you believe in demons that are nowhere, or maybe you believe demons are everywhere. The, the reality is that demons are real and demonic activity is real. Like I said, not every person that you look at is demon-possessed, even though sometimes they look like it. Not everything that you see is, oh, oh, they're demon No, no. A lot of times, like Paul said, there are spiritual principles. There are issues of demonic influence that are happening around us. Not that they're demon-possessed, but they're influenced by what the enemy is doing. Because here's the thing about the devil. The devil will use anything to come against you. The devil will do, use anything to discourage you, to get you addicted, to make you feel less than. The devil will use anything. Is demon possession real? Yes, it is. But here's the thing about the devil. The devil has no power or influence over a believer. If you're in this room and you are in Christ, the devil has no power over the believer. The only way that the devil ever has power over you is when you give room for him to. When you allow him to. When you open up doors for him to, that is when you give the enemy power over your life is what you allow in your life. Church, we have to be a generation that is rooted in faith in God. And we have to be a generation that has to take a stand even now because our families are dependent on it. 
Our future generations are dependent on it. We have to be at church. It's, it's, time for us to take, it's time for us to be on the offense. We're very good at the defense, but it's time for us to get on the offense of certain things. It's time for us to start casting things out. It's time for us to start believing that, God, hey, there's things happening. It's time for us to put our faith into action. Because here's the thing. The devil has no influence over, like I said, unless you allow him to. The devil doesn't make you do anything your decisions do. I was watching this show. I'm not going to say the name of the show. But this guy met this weird guy. And he said, man, the reason why you're doing all these things is because the devil made you do it. So every little thing he was telling his family, every time someone misbehaved, oh, the devil, the devil made him do it. When his, when his nephew talks back to his mom, the devil made him do it. And it was, a, it was like a comedy show. But sometimes we think like that, like, oh, it's the devil. No, no, no. It's not always the devil. It's also our decisions. Decisions that we make outside of the word of God. When we make decisions outside of the word of God, that is where trouble comes. When we make decisions out of our flesh, that's where the problems come. And Paul said, we deal with principalities. Here's the definition of a principality. This is what a principality is. It's the sum total of evil powers that threaten men, both heavenly and earthly. It's the sum total of evil powers that threaten men, heavenly and earthly. Anything that will stop you from what God's called you to do, that is a principality. Anything that is keeping you bound, that is a principality. It is things that you have allowed. The things that we're seeing right now in our nation, that is demonic. The things that they want to do in our schools and create ideologies in our schools, that is demonic. And if we're not careful, we'll just go along with it. Teachers, if you're a teacher in this room, I pray for you all the time. Because I understand what they're trying to do. I understand there's going to be a moment in your life where you're going to have to say no to certain things. And I'm praying. I'm, I pray for you. I pray, I'm praying against whoever the superintendents are. I don't even know who they are. I've barely been back here for a little bit. Whoever they are, that they will not be influenced by what culture says. By what culture says. They will not be influenced by the majority because it's what the majority says. No, no, no. They will be led by Christ. They will be surrounded by godly people. And if they're not godly, that God would bring them godly people into their life to let them know. Because church, we have to get a place. Parents in this room, this is a generational authority. It is time for us to take a stand against it. It's time for us to get to take a stand. I'm tired of seeing what I'm seeing all the time on the news. I'm tired of what the devil's been trying to do to infiltrate our children. I was watching this show, Coco Melon, that my nephew loves. If, you're, if you don't know what that is, don't worry about it. But it's a little kid show. And there was these ideologies they were trying to put in a song that I was like, I told my brother, hey, hey man, like, just to let you know, I know your son likes this show, but this came out in one of the episodes. And they made it into a song. Why? Because they want us to get desensitized to certain things. And we have to be aware, church, spiritually aware. 
of anything that will come against the church. If we are dealing with principalities, if the devil's trying to come and influence, and he's trying to influence your children, and he's trying to influence your decisions, and the devil, the devil will use anything. The devil will use your job. The devil will use your failures. The devil will use what you watch, what you listen to. He will use anything to come against what God has created you to be. And if he can get to you, you will be defeated. But I thank God that you might be in a battle, but our God is greater. Our God is more powerful. We serve a God that is undefeated. We serve a God that, Lord, he, he died on the cross, rose again. Death could not hold him down. And now he is seated at the right hand of his father. We serve that God. And because we serve that God, that's where authority comes from. Pastors say it all the time. We, we, we come and we live from victory. We, we come from a place of victory, church. We stand from a place of victory. Jesus didn't die for you to be bound. He didn't die for you to be sorry and hurt and to be depressed. No, no, no. Jesus died so that you could be free today. He died so that you could be whole. So you could be healed. Jesus came for more than that. If, if someone has told you another thing outside of that, that is not the Jesus that we're talking about. That is not Jesus. But church, we have to get to a place to understand that even though the, there is the, the power of the devil is not powerful than Christ, he can have influence in what you allow. He will have influence if you allow. And this morning, if we're going to carry authority, we have to understand that, man, we got to get on the offense. There are things that we have to put a block to. There are things that we have to face. There are things that me and you have to confront that might not be easy, but it's necessary. We have to confront them. Second thing is, it's the power to destroy. The power to destroy. The Bible says that Jesus goes in verse 19. He says, you faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. Bring the boy to me. So they brought the boy when the evil spirit saw Jesus, threw it, the child into a violent convulsion. He fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy, the spirit often throws him into the fire, into the water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us. Help us if you can. And again, what do you mean if I can? Jesus asked, anything is possible if a person believes church this morning i came to encourage you that authority is rooted in faith authority is rooted in faith faith is the key to god's power in your life if you do not have faith in god then you will not have the power and authority to overcome what's coming against you if you do not have faith as a root of your life if you're not rooted in the word of God, if you're not rooted in trusting in God, you will be knocked to and from with the worries and the troubles of life. Faith, church, faith is what we need this morning. It's not about God's ability to help us, but our willingness to believe. It's not about God's ability. God doesn't need our help. God is all powerful, but he does ask us to believe. He does ask us to believe. It's about our willingness to believe. It's about our willingness to trust God, even though the situation in front of us looks crazy. This man had a trouble. And he said, Lord, if you can, and I could, just reading this, I knew Jesus was like, if I can, sarcastically. 
He said, anything is possible for those who believe. Can I, let me tell you, anything is possible for those who believe. So your belief leads to the impossible. Your belief leads to the breakthrough. Your belief believes and bridges you to what God is taking to you next. Your belief in him. Anything is possible for those who believe. It doesn't say anything is possible for those that see then believe. No, no, no. That's not faith. Faith is believing without seeing. Because if I could see it, it's not faith. It's not faith. No, no, no. Smith Wilgersworth said it best. And they're going to put the quote up there. He said, I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. I am moved only by what I believe. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. I am moved only by what I believe. This man was probably one of the greatest revivalists back then. He did a revivals in England. He was, I mean, he was one of the patriarchs, man. He was a big one that influenced a lot of pastors after him, was Smith Wigglesworth. And he said, man, I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I believe. I mean, what I see or what I feel. And I think sometimes, church, we have to understand that we can't live by what we feel. And we can't believe, live by what we see. Oh, man, the gas prices. Oh, man, this. And oh, man, that. No, 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 no. We live at a different level. We carry a different authority. Like I said when I first started this series, we walk differently. We believe differently. We talk differently. So either you're going to live in fear, you're going to live in defeat, or you're going to live in dominion, but you're going to live in one of them. I could either live by what the word of God says and trust that he's true and I could walk through life with doubt or I could walk through life with dominion, but I'm going to walk through something. And Jesus was attacking at the root. He says, man, believe me, when it comes to trusting God, there is no ifs. There is no ifs. When me and you allow doubt to settle in, when me and you have roots of doubt in our life, that's where the ifs come. That's where the maybe God can. And we'll see. And before you know it, the way we talk is negative. And before you know it, the way we speak is different than before because we allowed what we saw and we allowed what we felt to dictate our belief in God. And saying God, instead of saying, God, I believe you. I don't feel like I have faith, but I'm putting my faith in you. Because you don't have to feel faith to have faith. You, you don't have to feel it, but you have to have it, church. The, the true test of a mature Christian is someone that is steady through every storm. Someone that is steady despite everything else. An immature Christian will throw in the towel every time trouble comes. Because they forget that they carry an authority. They forget the power that they carry. They forget that I can look at Whatever's going on, and by the power of God, it, that mountain has to move. That sickness has to go. That door has to open. They forget that, church. 
But I'm here to encourage you because I'm not looking at people that are faithless. I'm looking at people that are faithful. People that have a faith in them. I'm looking at a generation that's going to carry something different. I'm looking at a church that's going to set an example for our city. That we're going to look at problems and say, God, by the power of God, that will change. By the power of God, that will not come to our city. That will not pass. That will not happen. In my house, it won't. No, no. I'm, I'm looking at a group of people that believe differently than everybody else. That's what I'm looking at. It's a power to destroy, church. God has given me and you the authority to overcome and destroy every work of the enemy, no matter what that looks like. If it comes in the form of an addiction, if it comes in the form of pills, if it comes in the form of whatever, of your thoughts, everything that the enemy comes against you with, you have the authority to destroy that by your faith in him from your place as a son or a daughter you forget that when you are son or daughter you are an heir of god and you are because you are an heir you carry something else that belongs to you and you operate differently the last thing is this the power to denounce power to denounce the definition is this I just want to let you know, is to publicly declare to be wrong or evil. When you denounce something, you're publicly declaring for that to be wrong or for it to be evil. For it to be evil. You want to change your life, church? Change your words. You want to change the things in your family? Change what you say. The Bible is clear. It says death and life come from the tongue. And when me and you are caught up in speaking negativity, it is no wonder why we deal with negativity. When me and you come and speak unbelief over our situations, that is why we struggle. But I'm here to encourage you that when you are like, when you are standing on Christ, when you stand on his word, when you come with an authority, you speak and you command the things that are in front of you to move. You speak and command that demonic thing to come out and it has to come out. Jesus used a word. When Jesus was in the wilderness, what did he do? He fought back with the word. For 40 days, when the devil was trying to tempt him, he fought back with the word of God. He, the devil would say one thing and Jesus would repeat something else. Church, it's all about what we say. We have to change our words because when we change our words, we change our life. And there are things that you've been declaring over your life that God never meant you to declare. There are things that you've been speaking about in secret that are killing you. And God wants to bless you. God, I'm telling you, when you learn to change your words, when you learn to start changing what you confess, when you start confessing differently, that is when the word of God becomes real in your life. When I start saying something else, when I start declaring things that I don't even, haven't even seen yet, I'm putting my faith behind it. That is where God comes in. I don't see it right now, but God comes in. The one person that I know that, that um, probably is the best at, that, at this, she does it better than me, is, is my wife. My wife killed, I, I think if we, ha, we were in a game of basketball one-on-one when it comes to faith, she probably beats me every single time. 
Because my wife has this thing where she refuses to allow people's words. She refuses to allow what people are saying on social media to dictate her faith. And every time people want to say certain things, she answers back with something else. When everybody was saying, oh, good luck. When you give birth to that baby, it's going to be painful. She was like, no, not for me. And to be honest, when my wife gave birth, it was like, like maybe five minutes max. She only pushed like four times. And it wasn't painful at all. She didn't even cry. I was just like in shock, like, oh, my gosh. Because I allowed people's words to be like, I created this scenario in my head. Like, there's going to be screaming, blood squirting everywhere. I'm just going to be smiling with just blood on my face. And it was nothing like that. But she refused. Because she refused and she trusted that the Lord says something else. We experienced something else. And God wants to do the same thing for you. That whatever the enemy has been trying to secretly sneak into your life, whatever you've been reading or whatever people have been saying, you don't have to accept anything that they say. You have to go back and say, no, God's word says something different. Oh, cancer spreading like never before. No, no, God says that he is my healer and my rock and my shield. No, you, ha- you got to speak differently, church. And the only way that you speak differently is through prayer. Jesus told the men, you know what your problem, he says, he tells the disciples, you know what your problem is? It's prayer. You couldn't do it, it's because it's through prayer. Jesus gives the greatest example in the Gospels. The Bible says time and time again that Jesus would leave the crowd to spend time with the Lord. Because even though he was fully God, he was also fully man. And he understood that if I'm going to be who God's called me to be, I need to be with my father. Because from, the, from a place of prayer is where I get my power. If I can learn and be intentional with getting on my knees before the Lord, I can stand against anything. If I create the culture of seeking the Lord, If I can create time in my day. He said, hey, you guys, it's not about your calling. If, if, if I was Jesus, I was, he's basically saying to the disciples, it's not about that you're, you're not called or you're not good enough. No, 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 no. It's just, man, prayer. It's only done through prayer. Because when I get into prayer, I build my faith. My spirit, man, is built. When I'm in the presence of God, That's where I grow. That's where I get revelation. That's where I am strengthened in my faith when I spend time with the Lord. Not when I give Lord five minutes of my day just because that's the Christian thing to do. No, 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 no. When I spend time with God and I spend time in his word and I choose, Lord, I choose that. See, church, you have to understand prayer is communion. Prayer is just a communion with the Lord. And communion means power for service. It leads to power. When I am in communion, it leads me, it gives me the power for service. Church, as we concluded the series on authority, like I said, it's now our turn to walk 
Jesus told the, was, frustra- was frustrated visibly. He was like, how long do I have to be with you? Because the disciples were so, de- people were so dependent, he had to be there. And Jesus was like, man, my presence is here. When Jesus died and rose again, he sends the Holy Spirit. His presence hasn't left church. He's still God. He's still the same God that we read about. He doesn't change. He is the same God. Thank you so much for joining our service and for listening to us. We are located at 4519 East Del Mar Boulevard in Laredo, Texas. And we hope that you continue to be a part of our ICM family.